Thanks for joining Southeastern Fly. Today's a little bit different. Uh, we're going to talk about Hurricane Michael and the Forgotten Coast, the effects after the storm. Talking with my friend Cleve Evans of Forgotten Coast on the Fly. Thanks for coming out here, Cleve. Thanks for having me. We're going to talk, we're not necessarily going to talk about fishing very much at this point. We're going to talk more about uh, Hurricane Michael and the after the effects on the, the area here on the Forgotten Coast uh, since that day that it made landfall. My drive down here from Middle Tennessee, we came through Bainbridge. That's when we first noticed still blue tarps on the roof and still broken, just hundreds of broken trees uh, along Highway 27. Then down into Florida, we were actually north of Bainbridge, probably, honestly, probably about 50 miles north of Bainbridge mm-hmm. is where I really started saying, wow, this Around is... Around likely up in that yeah. area. Yeah. It looked like, at first it looked like a tornado, because, you know, tornadoes down there, to me, seemed fairly common. Uh, but then it just kept going. The yep. damage kept going and kept going and kept going until we were here. Uh, we're on St. George Island right now. Cleves came over, came over from uh, Port St. Joe, uh, which is right, basically, just outside the epicenter of where Michael hit. Uh, but it's... The Forgotten Coast is a name that's been coined since I've been coming down here in the late 80s. It doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the hurricane, although it's kind of fitting, it seems, with the way that the recovery has, recovery efforts have progressed. Uh, there's a lot of people down here working, a lot of construction folks. Uh, but every once in a while, you, start, you hear some news out of here, out of this area, uh, the Mexico Beach area especially. Probably about a month and a half ago, I started hearing, I, saw, I heard of things, a few things here and there, and, and like I said, we've been coming down since the 80s, so every time something comes up about it, it catches my ear, catches my eye, and I start, you know, I tune in, uh, and the more I tuned in and read some things and, and that sort of thing, the more I figured out that the reconstruction of this area probably isn't going quite as quick as what I thought it would, um, mainly because a lot of the places, especially around Mexico Beach, which is the first place that, honestly, that I ever came. That's the first place I saw the ocean really was at Mexico Beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my first trip, we stayed at, on First Street uh, in Mexico Beach, which is across the highway, probably 50, 100 yards from, from the water's edge. Yeah. Uh, and, and the good thing, a couple things I remember, that's my first beach trip to saltwater. It was easy to find. The road was easy to find, and that was important at my age, finding the place that we were staying because there was one street light yeah. out there <laughs> yeah. that, that uh, it was pretty easy to find at, at yeah. night, and we stayed out at night quite a bit at that age. So that being said, there Tommy T's was down there uh, on Mexico Beach and Pier Road. Eventually, we started getting enough money uh, to stay on Pier Road when we would come down here, which was a big deal. Kind of the epicenter then of of mexico beach i guess absolutely boat ramp right across the road from it and yeah boat yeah. ramp right there yeah, yeah. we yeah. back across 98 to go yeah. into the canal yeah pretty interesting yeah the pier was there um, that wouldn't work anymore no you couldn't do that anymore <laughs> could you so pier road at the end of pier road if you don't if you've never been to mexico beach or hadn't at that time there was a pier out there and there were some char- real characters out there people out there fishing you know sometimes 10 20 people all the shark guys on the end, you know, that you, they're little cast of characters. <laughs> a couple of guys throwing cast nets. Uh, again, that's the ep- that was the epicenter of fishing at that time in my eyes for, for, uh, for Mexico Beach. So fast forward uh, to October 10th of 2018. We could probably go back a day. October 9th, Hurricane Michael's building. It's probably around, at that time, 130, 140 mile an hour wind somewhere in there. Maybe a little bit less than that. And then October 10th, 2018, came ashore at Mexico Beach uh, on that date. Is that right? Yep. October 10th, I think, yeah, like 2.30-ish in the afternoon. 160 mile an hour winds now is what they've clocked it at. Yeah. Originally, they thought it was a Category 4. Uh-huh, like 155. Yeah. With gust, you know, higher, but sustained at 155. Yeah. That's... The, you, you, you heard rumors and, and whatnot, you know, you heard... Uh, well, the, the gauge at Tyndall read 182, and then it was destroyed. And, and some other gauge read, you know, 200 gust up to 200, and then it was destroyed. But yeah, they've they've now determined that 
that 160 was sustained, so making it the Category 5 that they've now classified it as. So For, for the, the person on the street, 155, 160-mile-an-hour winds doesn't tell us anything, but if you no. saw the news and the destruction, that told you everything. Yeah, if you saw the, the trees that you can't wrap your arms around that were snapped like toothpicks in your hand, then you can kind of, or the houses that were not not pushed by water but pushed, you know, across the street by wind and whatnot, then you start to get an idea of what 160 miles an hour can do. 31 direct fatalities, 74 that were attributed to the storm. $100 million in economic losses to Tyndall. Tyndall Air Force Base is just to the west of Mexico Beach. The only t- thing between Tyndall and Mexico Beach now are bro- thousands of broken pine trees. Which they are harvesting rapidly to, to salvage. And they've, yeah, but got, they got right on those and they're hauling them out of there daily. So Trying what to. used to be a pine forest is now an open field as far as you can see. As the storm came onto land it moved up through middle georgia around macon it was across macon still a category one at that time winds of yeah i think 70 plus miles an hour it's a long way in inland to be Mm -hmm. moving at that pace and then it started up the east coast stayed an organized storm as it went up through you know western north carolina caused some flooding and damage there Went up through Virginia, up the East Coast, eventually crossed the Atlantic and reorganized as a tropical storm or depression, and then turned and went back south and hit the coast of Portugal, causing some some damage with you know high surf and and winds over there. So it it wouldn't quit. It wouldn't give up. You know, it was. Is it crossed through Georgia up into the Carolinas? Three point eight billion dollars in agriculture losses is what i scooped up today as i was doing some research for did some further research today that i've been writing stuff down for a while but that was an interesting tidbit Two hundred thousand people without power yeah and most of that in the agricultural i think destruction was wind it was it was that the wind just destroyed the crops because it wasn't really a rain event you know it wasn't a flooding event it was a sheer wind event that did all the destruction inland of the immediate coastline and as we came down that was one of the things that i saw the trees just it was interesting they were either blown over or laid over Mm -hmm. or or leaning heavily you know like yeah not necessarily leaning at the roots but leaning toward the middle of the trees in a lot of places yeah bent and i think it depends on the type of tree some of them don't have the roots some of them just go from the root up and, and fall and some of them hold on until they snap so it's a third most intense hurricane in history, and I don't think that everybody understands that because the news cycle came and went pretty quick. You had the California fires going on at the same time, which were terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had this going on just before that, so the cycle went pretty quick, and you really kind of, I think, overall, and I've, I talk to people all across the country, one of the things that, that I've been on for the past couple of weeks was, you know, going down to Florida, blah, 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 and and not sure if we will have internet yeah and people are you know when you say that they wonder why you tell them because of hurricane michael yeah when did that happen that's been in october 2018 and and they don't remember it because it was such a quick news cycle that didn't get as much uh press as as sad as that is to say yeah as what it probably deserved being the third most intense yeah, hurricane. as a lot of other hurricanes in the past have, have gotten that may or may not have been as intense, you know. And we just on a, on a, uh, we just got our Internet back about two weeks ago. That was, you know, it, sa- it sounds kind of petty Internet, you know, but most people don't function without Internet at this point. You That's know? right. We That's got true. our electricity back within, within a month, but the Internet, you need it to do a lot of your, you know, daily activities and 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 it was it was weird not having it for quite a while you know i remember talking to you by text and i would text you and it would be like two days mm-hmm. I'd be like, what the crap is he doing man is he all right <laughs> and then you'd text me back hey you know blah 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 whatever yeah. it was we were texting about and finally i caught michelle your wife uh-huh. i caught a post from her on facebook that said we're running to the top of the hill to get yeah cell service yeah this was like you had to two, go to the bridges to the bridges yeah right there um, where the paper mill used to be yeah but the, the 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 tapper bridge there or you could go to the bridge up on overstreet on 386 oh yeah yeah 
across the intercoastal. Get, yeah. 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 So we're going to, so let's get this out of the way. If you, if you want to donate, there's a lot of, we're going to talk a little bit about donations and we're not necessarily talking about donations to Cleve here. We're talking about Cleve is kind of representing only because I know him and have fished with, with you in the past. Mm-hmm. If you want to donate, that's great. Do some research. We talked a little bit. I'll go ahead and tell tell folks this. We yeah. talked a little bit about where, where you thought people should donate. And I think it's best, and I think you agree, that it's probably best to do your research. Yeah. You know, we don't want to tell you where to donate. But there's still people living in churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read some stories about people still living in a tent. Tarps. Tarps. Even, even within our neighborhood, there's still people that have basically created a, a, a tarp house out of a old pole barn or something and, and are still running off generators yeah you know because of their situation we were fortunate we we had a little bit of money we had a decent enough credit to be able to afford a travel trailer and 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 call that home for now but some people don't have that you know so they're making do definitely in the mexico beach area and definitely in the eastern end of panama city and callaway parker Springfield yeah. in that area. It's a lot of people living in stuff that they shouldn't be living in. You know, they, right. they not 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 livable. They're making it livable. So let's talk about October eighth, a couple of days before the storm. Tell me where you were and what you were doing, where Michelle was, the things that you don't mind talking um, about. Yeah, it kind of started. I'd say you know maybe even a day or two before that, when on Sunday I think Saturday afternoon Sunday when they kind of you know that thing created. Usually a, a hurricane develops way out in the Atlantic. They follow it for four or five days, invest, number this, and then they name it. And then, well, this thing popped up on Saturday, I believe, right off the Yucatan. And, you know, they could see it forming. I think they kind of assumed that it wasn't going to do much. It was going to, you know, it was a Category 1, you know, Sunday. And then, uh, so Michelle, you know, we talked about it. I was in Louisiana guiding. She was at the house in St. Joe Beach, and um, she was concerned, naturally. She's a cautious person, so, you know, and I said, oh, baby, it's going to be okay. It's, it's not that big of a deal. It's, they're saying if, it, at the most it'll be a Category 2. It'll probably drop off to a Category 1 before it makes landfall. We've already been through a Category 2, and, and we've been through, you know, violent thunderstorms that had 70, 80-mile-per-hour wind. It's not going to be that big of a deal. Well, of course, Monday morning, you know, she calls me, now way more concerned well now they're saying it's a it's a you know two possibly going to be a three but they were still saying it would probably drop off to a two before it made landfall but she's already preparing to to leave and asking me well what should i do and and you know and me not being as as cautious as as she is and thankfully she is i i was just i said well take the dogs leave the cats we leave the cats with food and water for three days at a time and they got a litter box and they make do. She's like, no, I can't do that. I got to take them all. And um, so, how many how many dogs and cats is she talking about here? Two dogs, two cats at that point. Okay. Yeah. Um, and this is about the same time that I started picking up on. I'm going to keep an eye on this because uh, they were starting to talk about Mondayish is when yeah. they were kind of losing. They couldn't keep up with if it was going to be a two, a three, or a three, and then drop to a two. But it definitely wasn't looking like it was just going to blow up into a you know a massive four now five and so are you monday still, are you still running guide trips out in louisiana now while um, this is going on, or you up until to... the day of yeah, okay the day before um okay. I, I ran a ran a trip on tuesday of course i'm probably not at my best at that point you know as far as focus goes and whatnot but so then of course you know tuesday morning is when she you know definitely she was she was leaving she had packed up and and gotten everything and left you know called me crying saying that it's a <coughs> saying that it's a, a a strong three and and possibly gonna <laughs> possibly gonna become a four you know and so i was like well you know you did the right thing you got the cats you, you took off um and uh so of course on on uh, you know Wednesday morning, it's it's a four, um, and it's increasing in speed and and uh, you know really starting to to you know be obvious that it's going to regardless of the situation it's going to cause some some major damage. Um, and so that morning I'm over there with guys in Louisiana that are from Florida, 
from South Florida. A couple of the guys had been through uh, Andrew as, as younger guys, you know, high school kids back in the day. You know, they were like, it, it, it's going to be all right. You know, they, they were being very positive, but saying, you need to go. You know, you need to go. And I was like, well, at this point, you know, what am I going to do? There's, you know. But that morning early, I, I, I packed up my stuff that I needed, you know, left my boat and left everything in Louisiana there and uh, started to Florida, you know, at, as it was 50 miles, 80 miles out in the Gulf, still still coming, hadn't come ashore yet. Um, not sure what I was going to, you know, accomplish, but knew I just needed to head that way. Michelle was already in making it, her mother's. And it, it was weird because as I was driving over, it was completely blue skies, <laughs> sunny, yeah. beautiful, all the way through Pensacola, as pretty a day as you could ever imagine. And two hours and two and a half hours east of there, it was the worst you know storm that had ever happened, you know, which still obviously gets me a little – yeah. A little checked up talking about it. But, yeah. um, Let me know if you need to stop. We can stop a second if you need yeah. to. <clears throat> I figured this might happen. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> but anyways, I got to Pensacola, and I kind of reevaluated, you know, what I was thinking um, and talked to my parents and Georgia and Michelle on the phone. And, you know, they, it, this, was, this was probably 12, 30, 1 o'clock. Um, at that point, so and what, what's it looking like right then? Outside, yeah, it's Just beautiful like, blue skies. You would have never known that that two and a half, three hours away that that you know hell was breaking loose. You know, I could I could see me just keep on trucking. You know, just yeah. okay. I'm gonna keep it still nice. I mean, in the back of my mind, I might even be thinking, well, maybe it's not as bad as what they're saying. Well, that's what I was kind of thinking. Yeah. You know. But I was, as I was driving down I-10, I was passing convoys of relief vehicles already. Um, the the cleanup type, you know, big dump truck type trucks pulling the trailers with equipment. They all had relief vehicle on the on the doors, you know, and and, and smaller convoys of, of of utility power trucks, bucket trucks. So I was thinking, hmm, you know, that's that's pretty neat um, that. Interestingly, this army is already mobilized to come clean up and and help fix something that hadn't even happened yet. You know, here's an interesting fact for you. At that same time, right around that same time, it may not have been exactly the same time. I was headed to the Caney and had to go up 24 a little bit to get to go across 840 to go to the Caney Fork, and I could see those trucks headed south, headed south. Yeah, yeah, on 24 to link up to wherever to yep. go on down, and and you would. I even saw some on 40 that were coming across, you know, like coming back toward Nashville to go back down toward uh-huh. you know, where they needed to go because they were traveling the interstate. And I was thinking, that's good to see. Yeah, but it I is. I never was, thought it would yeah. be like it was. Yep, they come from everywhere. And they, they is, I don't know how that's organized as far as the management of it goes, but it's it's – They've got it together. They've got it together. Yeah. I mean, it, it is an army of well-organized, coordinated – you're, you're talking thousands and thousands of utility trucks that all know where to go and what to do and yeah. and and how to do it efficiently and and as quickly as possible to get it back up and and running. Yeah, it took a long time, but not because of lack of resources or manpower. They were they were on it. To back that up, there would be. I remember seeing like a group from. Where were they from? North of Nashville. I can't remember the town now. Hendersonville or somewhere. Intermingled with them. They were all in the line, but intermingled with them were for, were some trucks from Louisville, too. Uh-huh. And I thought, that's wild. You know? Yeah. They came from, I can't remember the number of states, but it's it's pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, they come from all over the Midwest, you know, Texas, Kansas, the Northeast. I mean, they come a long ways, not knowing where they're going to stay, not knowing yeah. you know, what they're going to eat, not knowing any of that. They they just come to take care of business. You yeah. Know? Put up impressive. some power poles and yeah. run some lines. Oh, and yeah. Get you back online. You know flip I mean? the switch. Yeah. So um, let's move on back to your coming well, that way. Yeah, I got I got just, just east of Pensacola and through talking to other people, realized that there was – there was no point in me 
continue and you know so i found a found a little side road that would lead me kind of back to uh to 85 uh, sorry 65 um to get me north so at that point i was going to my folks in lagrange michelle was going to come over from macon and we would you know meet there and and figure out what was going on as far as as landfall hit you know and all that um of course i was listening to the news a little bit on the radio as i you know drove north and and you were getting a little bit of information but then you know the, the even the weather channel folks they'd pulled out of mexico beach they they couldn't they didn't have anywhere there they trusted to be to stay alive so mm-hmm. they left they were you know they were to the east in Apalachicola, to the west on the very west end of Panama City. And that was pretty much all the coverage you were getting was the fringes, the very fringes of the of the storm. Um, when I got to my folks' house, they, you know, were obviously watching the Weather Channel. There was, you know, and a couple of buddies had, had you know, Facebook messaged me these videos, like in particular the video of toucans getting somebody – was able to get that on video it getting completely washed away i mean real time or not real time but the whole event from where it started breaking apart to where it washed across the road also somebody sent me a video from one of the uh three-story condo complexes right down by the canal you know and it showed the the water up to the roof lines of the houses along the canal and of course the debris and all that and then you know right around where the the, the the gas station and Tommy T's and all that was and and how you know at that point the water was still high but the water only stayed high for say 45 minutes you know it wasn't a a flooding event it was just a surge and then and then it went right back out so I got to my folks and and then started getting to you know to see what the weather channel had and and this was you know later in the afternoon early evening and you know then the reality starts setting in that this thing's bad. And we live in St. Joe Beach, which is, you know, and we're a block and a half off the beach, and we're three miles from Toucans, you know. So we're just right there across the across the county line from Mexico Beach. So we were, you know, obviously concerned. We, we knew our house was well built, you know, but we it doesn't matter at that point if it's well built or not, you know. So we didn't, we had, and and then we had no idea at that point. You know, nobody knows. You're not. We had some neighbors um, who we were not friends with at the time, but that stayed, and they were in a in a house that was on our same block. There was three of them. They ended up in the attic, and the house ended up across the street and up against another house. And they all lived, you know, but they were, they and they were they were. They had cell service with our next-door neighbor up until a certain point, and then they didn't. And, of course, then, you know, our neighbor is is freaking out and losing it because she just lost contact with people. Whether she, and, and luckily the house didn't come apart. It just it just moved 150 feet, you know. It did, That's you know. insane. And uh, so a couple days, you know, of very uh, intense – you know, confusion and, and not knowing then ensued um, you know, through Thursday. I remember y'all looking for the blue roof. Yeah, we, we uh, <laughs> so it, I think it was probably Friday they released the, the satellite imagery and we, we were able to see, and it looked really weird, you know, because there was houses that were, missing and then there was like our next door neighbor the one on on the beach side of us we could tell that their house was completely like um off the foundation and sitting sideways in the yard we could tell that the house across the street was was pushed back a little ways off the foundation but from above our house kind of looked like it was it was okay you know we could see all the trees we had 37 pines some of them really nice big old i think i counted 80 rings on on one of them pines and we could see that those were some of um were laying on the house we could see that all the ones in the front yard were kind of in a mat and and laying out in the street and whatnot but the house looked like it was still where it should have been 
you know. And it comes, you know, and so come to find out it wasn't quite where it should have been. It was, it was off the foundation, but not completely removed from the, from the lot. So then Friday, a friend of mine who has a, has a house, a couple of houses up is from LaGrange and, and we kind of coordinated together and said, you know, at this point they weren't letting anybody in. They had military checkpoints. They were still clearing the road, basically from Blakely South, a combination of, of, power companies and just good old boys out there with chainsaws getting it done as fast as they could um so friday after kind of friday we started hearing you know well you can get in well no you can't get in you know and it was there just wasn't any good information you know and i shouldn't have expected there to be i mean it was a that at the time you didn't know how bad it was but you knew it was bad you know and uh there's some point you just go well let's just go see. you gotta go yeah you gotta go see and then, so me and my buddy bowen you know i've got a a big suv he had a big pickup truck we loaded up everything we thought we would need generators gas as much gas as we could you know take in the cans we had and i think i had 60 gallons in 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 cans and uh coolers with food tons of bottled water because we didn't know what we were going to find we didn't you know and and we started south at about i think we left at three in the morning on uh saturday morning friday night saturday morning how far is LaGrange from there? It's about four hours, four and a half. If you're, I can do it in four if I'm really moving, but four and a half. So yeah. you're thinking I'm going to get down there and get an early start probably? Yeah, we'll get there about daybreak, yeah. you know. Um, and we got to, you know, took off, got to Blakely. We were going to fill up with gas, fill our trucks up with gas in Blakely, just top off the tanks. And as we got to Blakely, we realized that Blakely was pitch black dark that there was no 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 power there um, how far is blakely from there you know it's about two hours north yeah. driving yeah something like that and should be two hours it turned <laughs> out to be a little longer than that so we start getting out of blakely and then we start having to take it slow because because from blakely south they'd only cleared what was easily cleared in the roads you know they didn't they didn't clear the whole road of all the trees they would just cut the ends off the trees on on whatever end was easy enough to allow a vehicle to get through and you were you were literally going zigzagging around trees and into the into the ditch you know the edge of the road and from Blakely south so they just like cutting the tops out of cutting trees the tops out just, just enough to get, to get a truck through you know what one lane not straight not one side of the road or the other you were literally going from one one crossing the line going into the ditch coming around it took us about five and a half six hours to get uh what should have taken us you know two and then as the sun came up we were we were probably right around the florida line when the sun came up and that's when you really start to see the distance you know and and the 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 trees and and the as far as you could see were in you know uniform snapped depending on the size of the tree snapped 10 feet above the ground snapped 15 feet above the ground every one of them laying you know perfectly lined up and you're an hour and a half north of of the coast you know um and so then you start you know you're like oh boy this is this is serious you know and and then you you get to uh and we went through bristol and came down that way down uh 71 and Bristol was pretty beat up, you know, and, and, and roofs were missing and, and houses were pushed over, you know, trailers along, you know, that you could see from the road were rolled over and, and um, just dis- destroyed, you know. And then, so then you get to Weewa Hitchka and it's, it's trashed. I mean, it's, um, and we're still 30, 25 miles north of, of the coast. And and then you you come down um, 386, which comes from from we Hitchcock down to you know right there at the county line. Um, you take a take a right, you're in Mexico Beach. Take a left, you're in Beacon Hill. Um, so in for Gulf any, County, for anybody that's been down here, Lookout Lounge used to be right there on the corner. Yeah, it was yeah. not there. It was that it's funny. I say it's funny. Um, it's not funny, but. The little crow's nest, the little outside, what they call the poop deck, where yeah. they played the live music outside. Yeah. 
it was still there. It still had some chairs sitting in it. It was still, but the building itself, where the bar and the liquor store and all that was, was was gone. Um, and so then you take a left to head towards our house. Of course, we've already been through two checkpoints at this point, um, which made us feel good, you know, because we have our house and all our stuff's there. Yeah. Um, military checkpoints, guys with machine guns, you know, I mean, making sure you have a legitimate address. And, and I had to kind of argue and push with them because my, my buddies, they don't have a Florida address. They, they had to, um, you know, that's just their vacation home. And uh, they, were, they didn't want to let them in, you know, at first. Which also made me feel good. It meant you couldn't just easily talk your way in, you know, and say so. So we took the left, and as you take the left, you know, obviously uh, Lookout Lounge is gone. Um, you start seeing there's a little stretch there where there were no houses on the beach side, where there were never houses on the beach side. It was just the palm trees lined up, and then the dunes, and then the beach. But you can see the dunes are all gone, and most of the palm trees are pushed over. Which palm trees are resilient; they can handle. Yeah. The only trees still standing in most of, you know, the area was the palms. You know, all the pines, the oaks, a lot of that, it's all gone or pushed over. And then you start seeing all the houses when you get down to where the houses started on the beach side are, with the exception of just a few of the newer ones, are all pushed across 98 and into the houses that are along the little rise there. And then all those are pushed up. And obviously, there's roofs gone and everything's blown out. And you're still weaving through just where they had just taken a bulldozer and just kind of pushed up a, a path through the the rubble and the debris, you know. So at that point, we don't we don't know what to think. But your stomach is in your throat, and you're you don't know you know what you're going to find when we when we get there. But um, so are you seeing other people too? In not your many same situation. Not many. We were, you know, we weren't the first ones in by any means, but. There's a lot of people that, with with it being a lot of vacation homes and whatnot, you know, it's not like every single house had people living in it and they had to get back, you know. And I feel like we were pretty much that Saturday morning was about the first morning they were letting people back in, right. you know. So we were some of the first people. We we made our way down, um, a couple of miles down. You know, you see the gas station's completely gone or it's just a pile of stuff, you know, the, and all the, you know, you see the, the old hotel, the old um, golf hotel there, it's blown out. I mean, everything's just all the doors, windows, and most of the lower, older houses and buildings are, if, the, if they're not on the other side of 98, they're completely gutted, you know, just a shell of a, of a house. And then we turn left onto Coronado and, and, uh, you know, you start realizing the the extent of the destruction. Um, a couple of good old boys from uh, Weewa, I guess, had whose grandmother lived in the neighborhood. They had made their way down um, the day before somehow, and I don't know if they sneak around the checkpoints or how they got in. They were uh, they were hard at work clearing our road at the time, which took them all day saturday to he had a big diesel ford pickup truck and they both had chainsaws and axes and and they were just doing it they'd already done several streets over they were just doing it out of the goodness of their heart you know didn't even live there they just came down because they knew that that and i talked to them and you know they were just so we knew it needed to be done, you know, and I was like, wow. There's a lot of people that uh, that helped in a lot of ways at first, you know. Yeah, but, but definitely. A little bit they could. Not everybody can do yeah. something. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, <clears throat> you know, and a lot of them are, you know, and, yeah, and everybody can help or could help in a different way or can help in a different way. But um, some of it's physically, some of it's, you know, emotionally, some of it's, financially whatever it is but yeah there was a lot of a lot of like really surprising you know things that i saw from people that i didn't know you know um that that made me feel really good about the whole situation you know that's one of the things i don't want to sound like (laughs) don't worry about it i don't want to sound like one of those you know rah-rah people but that's one of the things that makes the country great but yeah 
that's one of the You're things right. that definitely makes the South definitely. great. Yeah, I, I I knew that already, but I, it, it it reassured me. You it's know, different when you see this, it firsthand. Yeah, when, when you, you see need it, it firsthand, yes, it is definitely. Um, so you get home and your house is what's up with the it's, house? Uh, you know, the, the we couldn't get in the in the yard. We couldn't pull in the driveway or anything. It was you know the, all the trees were down in a mat, and where our house sits, um, and all the trees that were laid down were laid down parallel to the to the beach into Highway ninety eight, which all the debris from the surge from everything in between our house and and highway 98 um kind of those trees kind of formed a dam if you will that that uh caught all the we had three refrigerators in our yard that were still full of food um multiple chest of drawers and end tables and chairs kayaks uh john boats obviously parts and pieces of roofs and and lumber and uh and you know piled up on the back side of our house hit more than head high you know eight feet high or whatever caught in our pine trees um Great. and i think we probably inadvertently saved or helped our neighbors you know by our dam that was built by our pine trees <laughs> that everybody hated you know the neighbors hated them they got needles in their pool i hated them because i had to pick up you know 28 wheelbarrow loads of pine cones twice a year but i think they in that instance helped the people above us from from probably slowed the water and the surge down um and by above you mean a little further inland that yeah they're the next actually the the next house inland there's about a three foot rise and that was that was enough to, oh, really yeah that was enough to uh we were the last house on the block with with water damage and we had 18 inches in the house the house sits on about a two and a half three foot crawl space so it's about four or five foot foot uh yeah we we, we had water lines on kind of the south side of the house that were it's at about my eye height about probably you know five and a half feet something like that and you're how far inland uh block and a half and i'd say a hundred and 50 yards 200 yards a couple football like fields probably yeah yeah um i'm not sure what the actual surge was at, at, at you know where we were um you i heard 19 feet and you know looking at at the beach side that there used to be nice dunes with little paths you'd walk down to the end of the street cross 98 you know meander through this nice little path in and out and down and up over dunes that had nice you know grasses and and palms and whatnot now now and i think they're starting to do some restoration down the mexico beach end of things basically you walk across 98 and from 98 to the waterline is just a level plain of you know just a mild slope of sand going going to the water um the dunes were completely washed away blown away um up in people's houses all over the yeah, yeah all over the road um and now still when we get a hard a west wind or, you know south southwest wind all that sands piles up on 98 and across 98 so it, you know and there is grasses starting to grow back you know they're pretty resilient i guess and uh but yeah it'll it'll have to be uh encouraged and helped to to get that those grasses and those dunes kind of reestablished to prevent the beach just from blowing away with just normal you know afternoon 30 mile per hour winds around here aren't that uncommon you know and and you know we went out into the state park this morning and we're how far would you say we are from here 50 minutes yeah it took me a little less than an hour to get here yeah so we're 50 minutes away and the dunes at st george island state park are flat yeah most of them i mean there's still some don't get me wrong but yeah like quarter mile worth just completely gone yeah I mean, that's, was, they were still getting some pretty significant winds yeah. over here. But it's yeah. it's nothing like the Mexico Beach area. Tindle, Cape Sandblast. Cape Sandblast yeah. got hit yeah. pretty hard. Yeah. Cape Sandblast has a new inlet, I understand. We yeah. talked about that new, yesterday. New cut. New yeah. cut, yeah. An island. It's now an island. I guess Florida's newest <laughs> island, um, which they're still unsure, I think, and have not made a definitive decision on how they're going to handle that, that new cut. The state park is – 
about eight miles long and and it's about a mile in um so seven miles of the state park are roughly are now an island which is where all the campgrounds cabins majority of the infrastructure of the park is on the on the island side and so they you know they got a decision to make whether they fill it in and and do a ferry or build a bridge i think they'll probably fill it in because i think mother nature is working really hard to fill it in as we speak kind of the way the tides work and the it's it's starting to fill in there so it seems like that area at the stump hole may be the natural inlet you know it wants to be an inlet yeah it really mother nature really wants bad. it to be an inlet yeah. and and has tried to make it an inlet forever and and definitely man on that end of the cape is the only thing preventing mother nature from making that whole thing an island man um, and the ability to move rock big rocks yeah <laughs> big rocks. which they had to move a lot more now since the storm you know they were they were already hard at work and the storm rearranged the ones they had already put there now they're you know, a lot of those big rocks were way across the road and in that marsh over there it, that's insane i know that is crazy rocks is you know some of them are as big as a volkswagen beetle yeah know? yeah and they're getting pushed so as i drove over there yesterday i saw still boarded up houses uh some houses half of them were gone a lot of windows blown out and then you might see a house that looks like nothing happened yeah about one out of i don't know a number but not many not many no few here and there yeah yeah so people are starting to get them back on their feet a little bit uh it seems like not everybody is because these businesses are shut down yeah we talked yesterday and i looked on my way out of the marina uh, about the uh about the gas station yeah you said they got they have gas but they're in this little metal metal building and uh, if you ask for something they'll go get it for you if they yeah, have it yeah uh, it's just one of the shipping containers is the gas station yeah with a little window in with it. a little literally window, yeah, has a little window can't walk in it you have uh-uh. to walk up to the window i don't know how many times I, times i've been in that store i can't tell you what was that store yeah um, the one across the street is they haven't you know they haven't done anything with it and then then there was the burger king which was now it's gone and you know all those houses along the bay all the old houses all the nice houses that were right there in that first mile or so along the bay were all most of them are gone now they were they were gutted by the storm and and now they've been demolished and they're already rebuilding a couple of them though Um, and that's what i want to talk about so we've talked we've come from the day day or two before the storm you're in louisiana make your trek over you end up in the grange michelle comes over from macon y'all start down here with your buddy you see all the devastation starting in blakely uh the sun comes up you see more find your house start piecing things back together and just rummaging through the house i mean the floors are all buckled the you know very emotional at that point you know and and just hard to get your mind wrapped around any of it you know you want to make jokes you don't you know you you laugh you cry you you just cannot you you don't know where to even begin you know and and you always hear the cliche uh, you can't just look at pictures of it you you have to be there to realize it well that's you can look at all the pictures you want of of individual people's situations in the, the picture the the 200 pictures we took of our house and our stuff and or the bigger pictures of mexico beach but you cannot unless you walk through it or drive through it and 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 you're able to take it in 360 up and down all the way around you and the smells and the sounds and the you know the 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 sludge that you're walking through that everything's covered in you have no way of really grasping it and even when you're there you can't wrap your mind around it and grasp it you know it's just unbelievable it's too much to take in for your senses yeah Yeah. took a long time took several weeks really to of going down for three days and then leaving and and you know and we were lucky to have somewhere to leave and go to again there are people that don't don't, have a place to go don't they just don't and that's not thankfully that's not you you start to get back on your feet a little bit yeah uh probably doesn't feel like that every day but you probably are yeah, I mean we we're 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 comfortable, you know, and we're we we have a a a plan sorta. You yeah. Know, a little bit of there's a hinge in here and there with insurance and whatnot, but yeah, we'll be okay, you yeah. know. Some like people to, still aren't by any means okay. You you, know? you have a little bit of flexibility right now. You yeah. have to do certain things, yeah. but some people don't. I mean, we were fortunate. I was I was still able to work 
in Louisiana at the time. I mean, yeah. a lot of the probably the local guides who don't travel and do stuff, they were they were out. You know, they were didn't have that luxury. Um, Michelle you know, worked at Bay Medical, which was destroyed and was shut down. But she was fortunate enough that they agreed to pay them for ninety days, and she was one of the lucky ones. They laid off like eight hundred people at that hospital, and she was one of the lucky ones that kept her job. So yeah, we were we still had income coming in you know our the people that worked at these businesses that were completely demolished and and there was none of there was no income there was no you know it was everything just came to a screeching halt in in 45 minutes you know yeah so it's it was pretty bad so as people start rebuilding so if it for the people that are listening let's talk about the listener just a minute Mm -hmm. person's riding on their lawnmower listening to this or riding in their car on the way to the river or the or to the to the put in at the beach or whatever yeah i would ask you this what what can they do to help obviously sending money seems to be the easy thing to do but what other ways are there to really to help i mean i I know that yeah the sending money thing's great but at this point you know i think that a lot of churches and organizations are doing mission type work if you're involved in any of that you might could you know ask and see what's available through whatever church or or charitable organization you're with i think the best thing that people can do is to try to come down here probably not the easiest time to find a a place to stay but if you stay on top of it or you set reminders on your vrbo or you you know come down here spend money in the in the community in the economy on the businesses that are now reopening and the restaurants that have worked hard to reopen um the gift shops that lost everything and then and then are rebuilding and reopening and 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 see it and kind of immerse yourself in in the area the the same area you loved before the storm that that was you know so beloved by so many people don't go to orange beach now or you know somewhere else go come back and and spend money and spread the word you know that and i think that's the going forward the best thing that can happen and for the anglers, so let's talk about that. This audience is main mostly anglers. Uh-huh. We have some other folks, but the fish are still here. Yeah, we oh, saw yeah. them yesterday. Oh yeah, they're here. Yeah. But they're still here. The beaches are actually the beaches are super clean. The shells are there's a lot of shells. If the you're a shell person, beautiful. Yeah, the the fishing the fish don't care. And I know after Katrina and after Andrew, you know that was kind of the deal. People were saying, hey, the fish are. They don't care. It's water. Yeah. You know, they live in the water. They're still um, wet. Yeah, they're still there, you know. I think, yeah, as far as, as the fishing goes, there's a lot of a lot of guides who are still working hard and, and doing doing business and, and, and needing business and, you know. And that's not just um, the inland guides for fly fishing either. There's deep sea folks that go lot. out every day. This area's got a lot of, yeah, inshore, offshore, whether it's fly or heavy tackle feel like that gives people a reason to come down and then inadvertently they're gonna have a place to stay have have their meals have their entertainment have their buy t-shirts buy hats buy you know um so it trickles out to the whole community and i and they will find that the fishing is is as good as it always was you know so they get that reward for coming down and and fishing and, and helping at the same time. And you could still find places to stay oh, yeah. here and there. On the Cape, there's still some places to oh, yeah. stay, and, and and definitely out here on, on St. Yeah, George I mean, there my, is, Apalachicola there is. My brother would normally stay with us, but now we're in a you know a travel trailer, <laughs> so he can't. But they found a place for the spring break. They found a place for later in the summer. My clients that are that are you know set up for, for tarpon in, in June and July are all, you know, some of them do stay over on this side you know an hour east or an hour west but a lot of them want to stay right there they're coming just to fish they don't you know they contact me and i give them the options we have now which is basically the mainstay suites um at the moment as far as hotels go the dixie bell is is there if you're really yeah they're they're reopened um i didn't know that yeah i mean it's a budget friendly yeah base bare bones spot but it's it's a bed and a shower and a bathroom and uh but VRBO and contacting the, the, the real estate agencies, uh, Airbnb, things like that are going to be the, the way to go. And I, I've, you know, I've, I've 
just told a lot of my clients, hey, check check VRBO, you know. And yeah. they're like, oh, we got a house right there in, in Mexico Beach, you yeah. know, or St. Joe Beach, or um, we got a little spot in town. It's not on the water, but it's, you know, we're here to fish. So so check the places that you always check yeah, first. Yeah, check with there, there's And every day there's going to be more places. I mean, yeah. people are – People are the people that can if they're not locked into an insurance issue or some other issue. They're they're working every day to get their properties back up and and functional and and usable. And a lot of them are going to be nicer than they were probably because they're going to they're remodeling them, they're redoing them. Yeah, because um, it's going to be brand new. Yeah. Well, so we we've talked. Wow, that's a that was a more intense story than what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Just to be real honest with you. Yeah. A tough story that a That's lot why of... I didn't drink any beer. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. to get a towel or something, probably. Yeah, we, did, we didn't want to go that far. But, <laughs> but uh, well, so appreciate you again coming out here, uh, telling uh-huh. your story. And your, sto- your story mirrors a lot of other folks' story in, the, in, the, in that area. Uh, from what I've been reading, yours is personal because uh-huh. we've known each other for a couple of years now. Uh, fish together that makes it even more personal yeah you know spend spending eight hours on a boat with somebody oh, yeah. you do get to know them i don't care if you, you can hide all you want to but <laughs> yeah but you end up we don't talk folks. the whole time but you have yeah you yeah. get to know people well i appreciate that and for the listener out there again if you're looking for a place to come and spend some time with your family clean beaches good looking good looking beaches right oh, yeah. now you will have to hunt a little bit for a place to stay but it's possible and uh that'll really help some folks out yeah, so, and it might even maybe maybe you know we don't want people to think this way, but maybe a lot of people are thinking, oh, we we can't go there. There won't be anywhere to stay. Uh, it's still there's still reco- that might leave some places open for people true. that are willing to look and, and find them. Yeah, um, again, check with check where you normally check if you're yeah. coming down. And yeah. we found this place, and there's there's houses empty right now on both sides of us, which is really pretty dang yeah. nice. But I, I will add this just to you know keep it realistic it's not going to be what it was last year at this point in time you got to kind of think a little bit ahead uh the gas stations in saint joe beach and mexico beach aren't there so you have to go to saint joe to get your gas you don't have any conveniences in the mexico beach area but kind of makes it adventurous it kind of makes it fun it kind of but it's different you know and it it wouldn't be for everybody but you got to plan a little bit more almost all the restaurants are open almost all the shops in st joe and are open with the exception of just a few that are gonna be open they're working on them but yeah it's it's still an amazing beach an amazing place to be and and uh no reason for people not to come you know so you have to drive 10 minutes more to get a gallon of gas okay i think i can do that yeah most people most people can and if, if it's you know it, it is a little bit adventurous too. It is, and, and you and you get to you know, and, and 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 you'll hear the locals, you know, don't come down here gawking and whatnot. Well, if you're if you're down here gawking, you're spending money. True, you're helping everybody. Um, I can yeah, say don't this. stop in the middle of Highway 98 and, no, and stare no. at a pile of rubble, but but come down and see it. I mean, witness it. It 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 can't hurt. It'll only help open your eyes to the reality of it, which then might in turn help in another way, you know, down the road. You will, it will, it will open your eyes. Oh, yeah. And I didn't go into Mexico Beach. We're, <laughs> honestly, I talked to my wife about it, I talked to Isla about it, and she was like, yeah, I don't think I really want to go do that because. Not everybody probably yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, man. Well, I think we better wrap this thing up. Right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And, uh, again, if, if you uh, are looking for, if you've come down to the Forgotten Coast before, there's places to come to today. So thanks a lot, Cleve. Yep, thank you.